Hey, what's going on, everyone? We are so glad you're choosing to take time out of your day to listen to our sermons. Our prayer for you is that these messages would not replace your belonging to a local church, but would only be supplemental in your walk with Jesus. With that being said, we love you, and we hope you enjoy the message today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to South Valley. It's a great day. Let's come to our feet. Praise the Lord this morning. If you're joining us at home, we want you to come to your feet too. And praise God from wherever you are. Come on, church. Put those hands together. Come on. Sing, God, I'm running for your heart. I'm running for your heart. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing this morning? 
How's everybody doing online? Hey, if you're online, why don't you tell us where you are watching from, where you're uh, paying attention, where you're uh, at, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any prayer concerns, you can put those down too. But right now, we're going to have you uh, have a seat and pay attention to the screens because we've got some announcements for you. Hello, and welcome to South Valley Community Church. Our mission here at SBCC is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And one of the tools that we utilize to be able to help people to be able to do just that is the Church Center app. Now, y'all, I'm telling you, if you haven't downloaded this app yet, it is amazing. You can do so many wonderful things with it. You can register for events with this app. You can give through the app. You can, before you even step foot onto campus, pre-check in your kids for SVCC Kids. You can visit our YouTube channel through the app. You can subscribe to the channel so you can get that weekly content. And hey, if you're new to SVCC and just want to connect with us, we would love for you to fill out our online connect card. Select I'm new here on the app and you can fill that out and we'll respond. We'll reach out to you, answer your questions, pray with you. And we would just love to be a resource to you. So make sure you check it out guys. Download the app today so that you can remain connected. Our SVCC Kids Ministry is hosting what's called the Family Summer Extravaganza, which is gonna be an amazing opportunity for SVCC Kids families to get together and have fun while connecting with other SVCC Kids families. We're doing it at three different locations on three different days. It's gonna be wonderful. We wanna encourage you to register for the extravaganza. Registration is gonna take place at SBCC Kids check-in only. So there is no online registration for the extravaganza, but it takes place in person while you check your kids in at SBCC Kids on Sunday mornings. Starting this Sunday, uh, coming up on the 20th of June. So not today, but next Sunday, the 20th of June. And if you have any questions about the extravaganza, you can ask the check-in folks there, or you can also contact Pastor Ron or Reagan Tuman. They'd be happy to answer your questions there as well. Now, if you've been with SBCC for a while, you know that we are a giving church. The Lord has pressed it upon our hearts to be good stewards of what it is that we have to engage in sacrificial giving so that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus to those outside our church walls, into our community and beyond the community as well. And so we're gonna put the options to give on the screen for you. We thank you in advance uh, for what you're doing and just know that the Lord is using your generosity to be able to be the hands and feet of Jesus to help fulfill the mission that we have here at SBCC, which is again, to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Now guys, thank you so much for hanging with us this morning. We pray that this service blesses your heart and we look forward to seeing how the Lord moves in and through you today. Y'all have a wonderful day. We'll see you soon. Bye now. Hey, so that's the stuff going on. Uh, and, and, we, and I wanted to say something else. I think pretty much everybody is out of school now, right? Everybody's completed their school for the summer. Parents are like, yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of been a year, right? But we're all kind of hitting summer. So congratulations to any graduates we have all across the board, junior high, high school, college, or whatever like that. Congratulations to you. Yeah, that's, I feel like I'm in a Zoom session right now. Like everybody's kind of lagging, a little bit of Wi-Fi. Nah, I'm just kidding. Come to your feet, let's praise the Lord. Come on.
sing with us. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Let's sing that again. Worthy. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Sing Jesus, Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever sing. Worthy of every breath. time of worship together like this and we come before the Lord 
these are words that are promises that we hold on to, declarations, challenges, your love songs to the Lord, saying, God, I want my heart to be a heart that's in alignment with you, a heart that holds on to what you've taught us, Lord. So when we sing words, build my life upon the firm foundation of who you are, Jesus Christ putting at the forefront of all things the words that Jesus taught that we are to love we're being an example to the world of who Jesus was so I pray this morning as we come before him we sing these words they would be a declaration you would hold on to them they just wouldn't be words that we read on a screen and we say they'd be words that we take into our heart and we live that when we leave here this morning, we would set our steps in alignment with what he has for us. That this week we would live in love to our community, to those around us. And we all know that it's hard to love sometimes. And we know that we are to be a reflection of who Christ is. Because people, if we don't show the world who Jesus is, who's going to? That's what we're called to do. Let's lift these words up together. Come on, church. Sing, I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone. And I will not be shaken yet.
was arms high. I'll stand, sing all. Sing that again, yeah, all I am more. One more time, tell the Lord all I am more. Amen. Give the Lord a hand this morning. Give the Lord a hand. Amen. Dear Lord, we come before you and we give you praise. Lord, thank you for an opportunity to be together, to lift our voices up, to be reminded that you are a God who is worthy of praise each and every moment of the day, regardless of circumstances, Lord. I pray that you would move and you would be here with us this morning, that you would move in ways that would just convict our hearts to help us draw near to you, Lord. Step out in faith and grow in who you have created us to be, Lord. I pray for every heart who's watching online, Lord, that they would hear your voice, that you would dwell among them, Lord. Speak to their hearts, Lord. And if there's even one here or online or maybe who watches this message at any time, Speak to their hearts if they don't know you, Lord. Help them to know that they are precious and wonderfully made in your image, Lord, and that you paid the ultimate price through your son, Jesus Christ, to bring them back into relationship with you, Lord. I pray for hearts changed, for people to step out in faith and just bow down and want to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So this morning we come before you, we exalt you, we look forward to how you're going to move. We're excited about just getting wrapped up in you. So be here, move, and we give you all praise for the great God you are. In your name we pray, amen. Hey, how you guys doing? You look good, most of you. All of you look good. Well, hey, you guys, uh, you tired of having a full house yet? Okay, okay, just making sure, just making sure. Hey, we, we are so excited for those of you who are here today. We're excited for those of you who are online uh, watching with us this morning. And, and listen, here's what we know. We know that part of the reason that you're here today is because God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And, and we are just so excited that you guys are choosing to let us be a part of that. And, uh, and, and let me tell you, my, uh, my wife and I, we grew up in churches where, where we were used to seeing, you know, maybe one or two baptisms per year. And, and listen, I'm, I'm not knocking on that by any means, okay? I, I want you to hear that because that's real life change that's happening because of a group of people who are following Christ, right? Like that's still real life change. And, and so regardless of the number, I, I think that we can celebrate life change, right? Okay, some of us can. <laughs> but see, but one of the incredible things for us is that since we've started coming to South Valley, in 2015, we have gotten to celebrate over 300 baptisms with you. Like, that's, an, that's incredible, right? That's, that's an incredible amount of life change to see over that span. And, and so if you've gotten to be a part of, of one of our baptism celebrations, then, like, then you know that that's what we're all about up in here, right? Like, like we, that's just our thing, you know? And, you know, one of the things that I love most about this church is that seeing life change through baptisms is one of our core values. And what I mean is as over this past course of time where we've been searching for our next senior pastor, we've been looking for what the future is going to look like and all of that, 
I knew that regardless of who this next senior pastor was going to be, that we have a culture here that would celebrate baptisms regardless. Like, this is something that not one guy can come in and just change. Like, this is who we are. We celebrate life change through baptisms. And here's the great thing about that. See, we know the baptism, it's, it's not just a bunch of people getting wet, right? Okay, we'll try that again. We know that baptism is not just a bunch of people getting wet, right? Okay, cool. Just making sure I'm in church. We know that it's not just like some sort of religious ceremony that we do. We know that it's more than that. It's, baptism is literally somebody stepping out and proclaiming to the world that they no longer identify with their former self. They're, they're no longer identifying with the person that the world has told them they are. And instead, they are fully identifying with Jesus. They have found their identity in the person of Jesus, and they're identifying with him in, in baptism through his death, burial, and resurrection. And through baptism, we're, we're showing that we were someone. We were, but we're not that someone anymore, right? We're, we're showing that we have a brand new identity. And, and there's this really, this really cool baptism story in the Bible that we're going to look at, really important guy. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, we're going to turn to the book of Mark, chapter 1, right in the first chapter, so it's hopefully pretty easy to find. Mark, chapter 1, and starting in verse 9, you might know this passage. It says, at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. See, I, I love this scene. It's, it's so short, but it's so powerful. The spirit descends on Jesus like a dove. And, and side note, it doesn't say that it descends on him as a dove, like, like a dove, not as a dove. I just, I got like this PTSD from flannel graphs when I was a kid. Some of you who grew up in church know what I'm talking about. And, uh, but see, that's, that's, okay. But in this moment, there's this, this voice booming out of the clouds, right? Like, like everyone there can hear it. And God the Father uses this opportunity to speak the identity of Jesus over him. This is huge. This is massive. God, as his voice is booming and everybody can hear it, he doesn't speak to the crowds. He speaks directly to Jesus, his son. And what does he say to him? He says, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Church, do you know what your identity in Christ is? Do you know what the Father thinks of you? Do you know what he sees when he looks at you? Because, because here's the thing. I don't, I don't know about you, but I have yet to hear this audible voice from God, right? I, I actually think that if I did hear this audible voice booming from the clouds, I'd, I'd probably have more questions than answers. But see, since so many of us, since we're sitting here, we're not hearing this audible voice. Instead, we're living our lives in this comparison trap right? We're allowing other people to dictate who we are, what we're about. We claim Christ, 
But then we set our identity in other things. See, not, not long ago, my wife had to sit me down and talk to me, kind of the same way we do our kids. Uh, I deserved it. It's okay. See, the Anaheim Ducks are the only hockey team that matters, okay? And I got to be careful because the guy running sound is not a Ducks fan. But see, like, if the Ducks won, I, literally it's all I could talk about for the next day. Like, it's all that I was about the next day. But if the Ducks lost, like, I'm like, I don't even want to get out of bed. What's the point? <laughs> like, it's, it's kind of funny now, but, but this is legitimately who I was. My life had, had legitimately gotten to this point where it was totally defined by the success of a hockey team. See, I had begun to place my identity in this team. And thank goodness my wife talked to me when she did, because the Ducks just finished last season second to last and were the only team to drop a spot in the draft lottery to a team that hasn't even played a game yet. Um, it's not easy being a Ducks fan, guys. But see, I, I think that a lot of us can get like this when it comes to things like sports, right? Have you ever wondered why we hold sports to such a high standard? Have you ever wondered why your kids play so many video games? Why, why they're always playing Call of Duty online, right? It's because we so desperately want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. Have you ever wondered why these superhero movies have gotten so big? It's because we all desperately long for the supernatural. Have you ever wondered why we only want the hero who's gone through the trial? Or in other words, why we only want the hero who had to go through the cross? See, there is something deep inside of us. Whether, whether we acknowledge it or not, it's there. And it is begging for Jesus. The core of our being is pleading with us to identify with Jesus because nothing else in this world can bear the weight of what we need. Listen, this is important, church. Your spouse can never be your savior. Your friends can never be your savior. Your job can never be your savior. And, and putting that kind of weight on anything other than Jesus will cause it to be crushed under the pressure. Your soul is begging you for Jesus. It needs a Savior, and everything in you is dying for Jesus and begging you to rest your identity in Him. Your soul is desperately longing to hear the words, You are my child, whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. And this is why our identity is important. But it, but it goes beyond this, okay? See, at the end of the Gospel of John, John is writing that if he were to write down all of the things that Jesus ever did, all of the miracles that he ever performed, he says that there would not be enough books in all of the world to contain it, right? Like, that's a pretty big statement for someone who did ministry for three years, right? Like, I, I sat down and I thought about this, and I was like, okay, I've been a pastor for almost three years. What have I done? Okay, I'm not going to think about this anymore. 
And, uh, but see, the point is, we know that Jesus did a ton, right? Like this guy, he healed the sick. He, he raised the dead. He accepted the lonely. He found the lost. He fed the hungry. He literally came back from the dead, right? Like Jesus did a ton, but before any of that, before any of the miracles, let's go back and read Mark 1 again. Mark 1, 11. Jesus at the baptism. We're going to say this a lot because I want you guys to catch this. It's important. Mark 1, 11. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Before any of Jesus' crazy miracles, the Father affirms his identity over him. God is not banking on a future better version of you. God has not turned his back on you because of a past version of yourself. See, this is, this is where we have to understand intrinsic value because here's the deal. Do you know why I love my kids? It's because they're mine, right? Like, like you guys know how this works. You have kids and everybody's like, oh, let me show you all the pictures of my kids. And you're like, Whoa, oh, no, I just, I just like mine. Okay, maybe that's just me. I don't know. But <laughs> see, my kids, there is nothing that they could ever do to make me love them any more or any less. I just love them because they're mine. I love them with everything in my being because they are my kids. There is nothing that you can do to make the Father love you any more or any less. So here's the first reason why knowing your identity is so important and resting in this knowledge of what the Father claims over you. We keep going to Mark chapter 1 and now moving down to verse 11 and, uh, excuse me, verses 12 and 13. It says that once the Spirit sent him, Jesus, out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and the angels attended him. See, Mark doesn't include much of the temptation story. This is actually all of it. Like, we just read the whole thing. But here's what you need to know. As Jesus went into the wilderness, he fasted. He didn't eat. And the enemy was present with him at his weakest moment to tempt him. See, the enemy knew Jesus' identity. He knew who this guy was. He knew what he was here for. He knows who you are. He knows what you're made for. And he will absolutely use that against you. See, the enemy knew who Jesus was. He knew that he is ultimately the king of kings, right? So how did he tempt him? He said, hey, hey, Jesus, look, I can, I can give you kingdoms. I can give you rule. And you never have to go to the cross, right? I, I think about that for a moment. Put yourself in Jesus' shoes, sandals. See, it's easy to, to skim through these sorts of things and just think to yourself, it's Jesus. Like, of course he's going to do the right thing, right? But don't forget the humanity of Jesus. 
if you knew that you came for the cross but could find a way to avoid it, you would do exactly, I would do exactly that. And don't forget that later in the Jesus story, we read that Jesus literally prays this. He begs the Father that if there is any way for him to fulfill what he's here for without the cross, like, let me know, Dad, because I'm, I'm looking at this cross thing, I'm looking at what, what's coming, and I'm not so sure about this. And you better believe that's exactly what the enemy was playing into. And see, here's the unfortunate reality. We, we talk about temptation, and, and hopefully, hopefully you're thinking something for yourself, right? Like, when we come up here and speak, we want you to, to evaluate your life in Christ. Where are you in this? Where are you in your relationship with Jesus? And we want you to honestly evaluate that. But, but see, some of you are thinking about temptation and, and possible temptations you go through. And we like to hit the big ones, right? Like we, we think about lust and greed and selfishness and, and like these big things that they're the kind of things that they have a tendency that if they go unchecked, they come to a head in our lives, right? But what breaks my heart as a pastor is how many Christians, not just here, I'm talking global church, how many Christians don't see the temptation that they're facing? The enemy has been whispering in your ear, and you haven't even realized whose voice it is that you're listening to. See, we've bought the lie that just coming here and sitting in church once a week, maybe every other week, is good enough. I checked the box, did my Christian thing, good to go. See, it's not a bad temptation, right? Like, you're not hurting anybody. So what does it matter? But then we look at Jesus being tempted to, hey, here's a throne without the cross. You're not hurting anybody. It's not a bad temptation, right? But if you're a Christian, then you know how important the cross is. You know how big of a deal it would be for Jesus to avoid the cross. See, I came to South Valley completely burnt out, completely burnt out for ministry. I came with every intention of sitting in a seat for one hour a week and then living out my normal life for the rest of the 167 hours that are in a week. And for a season, for a season that was healthy. For a season I needed to heal. I, I needed to have time to recover. I, I came here weak and I simply needed some time. But how do you know when the time for healing is over? How do you keep from simply sitting for one hour for the rest of your life? See, eventually, for me, the whisper that I was hearing in my ear changed from the voice of the enemy to the voice of God. There was a voice whispering to me, this is not who you are. This is not what you're made for. This is not your identity, Seth. And how did I know that it was God? Well, because I didn't listen, and eventually it got louder. <laughs> and eventually it got a little more unbearable. And eventually I got really uncomfortable just sitting on my hands every week. But see, how did Jesus overcome temptation? 
He knew his identity. The whole point of the story of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness was that more than anything else, Jesus knew his identity. He knew who he was and what he was about. And, and, and the enemy could not convince him otherwise. Well, the enemy was whispering in Jesus' ear, I can make you great. I can make you a king. Jesus held on to the words of his father that said more than being great, more than being just an earthly king, he was his beloved son. That's what Jesus held on to. He held on to those words that said that in him his father was well pleased. Jesus used that to beat the temptation. And church, you are not your sins. You are not your lowest point. And you're not your potential either. You are a human being who has been made in the image of God, who is wildly loved more than anything you could ever fathom, regardless of your past, regardless of your future, regardless of your failures, and regardless of your potential. You are wildly loved because you are made in the image of the Father. And see, and if you are in relationship with Jesus, then not only that, but you are a child of God. You have been chosen and adopted into the family of the King. You are an heir. You are robed in the righteousness of the perfect Son of God. That's your identity. And when the enemy comes knocking on your door, whispering in your ear, don't listen to the lie because you are so much more than what he's feeding you. And the scariest part of all of that is that if you are not secure in your identity, then you can never truly know your purpose. But see, here's the thing. The good news is that you do have a purpose. Jesus has bestowed a purpose on you. And I want to take just a little bit of time that we have left today to help you to unleash your purpose, all right? So we're going to look at this last part of, of our passage in Mark 1, starting in verse 14. It says, after John, Jesus' cousin who just baptized him, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the good news. See, what's the first word in this passage? After. After. It, it was after all of these things that had happened. It was after Jesus' cousin faced persecution. It was after this moment where Jesus had to do nothing for the Father to affirm his identity over him. Jesus had to rest in his identity to overcome persecution. And it was after the affirmation, after overcoming persecution, and after facing the trials that Jesus then unleashes his purpose. It was only then that he went out and began to preach the kingdom of God, which was exactly what he came to do. And, and there are tons of what-ifs, right? How many of you are good at asking what-if? Okay, yeah, I'm really good at it too. Uh, there are tons of what-ifs that could have flooded the mind of Jesus before he went out and started preaching the kingdom of God. But his security in his identity 
led to his purpose being lived out. See, I don't, I don't know if you've noticed yet. Probably not, but um, I don't exactly have the physique of someone who regularly attends the gym, right? That was not a joke. Um, <laughs> see, like, like sometimes... Sometimes when I, when I, you know, like suck in my belly and, and flex in the mirror, I, I think to myself that almost, almost, I almost look like a regular guy. And, uh, but like these, these arms, they're not fooling anybody, right? <laughs> like, I grew up, I grew up knowing a guy who was a bodybuilder. Like that's, that's what he did. And, uh, and I even went to the gym with him a few times. The absolute worst, right? Like, I highly recommend that if you're beginning your exercise journey as a teenager, don't do it with a bodybuilder, okay? Uh, but, like, th- this dude, this guy was, was ripped, right? And, and I remember going to church with him and wondering, like, how does this guy get his back muscles into his shirt? Also, do I have back muscles? Like, is that a thing? And <sighs> still can't find them. But, but see, like this guy, he used to do this whole, the whole bit, right, where like he'd, he'd do all the working out and everything, but then he'd go and he'd get a spray tan, and then he'd go to events, and he'd flex in like all the different poses, you know, and everything, and they'd take pictures of him, and then he'd get ranked basically on how ripped he was, right? But here's the thing. I remember that I always had a question that I was too afraid to ask because obvious reasons, right? Like, you just crush me. But I always wondered, I always wondered, why? Why the muscles? Why the work? Why be a bodybuilder, right? Like, this guy had these massive muscles that, that I'll never have. <laughs> but what was the point? What, what was the purpose behind his muscles? And, and here's what I learned. The entire purpose behind all of the work that he did in the gym, the purpose behind the muscles, the purpose behind getting ripped was to have his photos taken with other guys who also had muscles. That was the point. And, and you'll have to excuse me because this is just my opinion here. But what a waste. Right? Like, sorry, if you're a bodybuilder, this is... I probably haven't met you yet because I wouldn't be talking about it because I'd be too scared to talk about it. But (laughs) like all that strength just to have your photo taken with other strong people. That's the point. But see, that's where some of you are sitting in your spiritual purpose right now. Your, Your spiritual bodybuilders, your purpose is to show up and be seen at church with other spiritual bodybuilders and then go home. All the work that you're putting in isn't actually accomplishing anything. The muscles aren't for strength. They're for show. And I'm sorry, but but what a sad way to live out the Christian life. All, All of the purpose that God has placed in front of you. And to just live for show. See, church, each of you, each of you has a true purpose. There is a reason that God chose you, that he chose to create you, and I so desperately want you to live a life that is fulfilled by living out that purpose. 
And, and I need you to understand that Jesus gave us an incredibly important tool for fulfilling your purpose. Jesus created us to participate in the kingdom of God with him and gave us the local church as the vehicle for fulfilling our purpose in the kingdom. So, so here's where we are right now. If you checked out, check back in. You, you were told last week by Marcus, hopefully you listen to Marcus, um, he's much more exciting than I think anybody else who comes up here and speaks at this point. So hopefully you at least listen to him. But see, if you were here last week listening to him, Marcus told you that we're starting a serve initiative to try and, and help Pastor Ricky to hit the ground running when he gets here. But I want you to know that we're also doing this because we want to see each of you so secure in your identity in Christ that you can't help but to live a fulfilled life by living out your purpose in Jesus. So first, I want to acknowledge those of you who are already serving. Like, I, I want you to realize, church, that the vast majority of volunteers that we have here don't volunteer in a single ministry. Like, these people are all over the place doing everything they can to make sure that this can happen so that Kings County can be transformed by the love of Jesus. And so, yeah, can we just celebrate those people for a moment? But beyond that, we want you to take your next step. I, I, I honestly believe that many of you have not taken your next step because you, you simply don't know what your options are. And so we want to do our part to help to, help to fix that. So I'm, I'm going to put up on the screen here some of the different ministries that we have here so that you can see where you can get plugged in. And, and here's the thing. You may be thinking, well, how do I know which ones need help? Let me help you with that. All of them, okay? We'll make that easy. All of them need help. But beyond that, see, we, we don't just want you to get plugged into the ministry that needs the most help. We want you to get plugged into the place that God created you for. See, you were uniquely made to accomplish something in the kingdom of God, and we want to help you with that. So some of the different options that we've got up here. We've got the children's ministry, we've got the tech team, we've got the worship team, student ministry, security, parking, greeters, ushers, connection counter, online hosts, first impressions team, renewed thrift store, and small group leaders. And if none of those work for you, look, we'll find something, all right? We'll find you something. But maybe you're thinking to yourself, Seth, I'm, I'm okay with taking my next step, but I legitimately don't know where I'll fit in. I don't know which of these to, to move towards. Don't worry, we got you, all right? See, on, on July 13th, so Tuesday evening, 7 p.m., Pastor Tim Brown from, from Growing Healthy Churches and, uh, and the well in Modesto, he's going to be here to teach a spiritual gift assessment night. And, and he's going to walk through the process to help you find out how has God gifted you to fulfill your purpose. And so let me, let me be clear about what we're asking here. We honestly want to see each of you thrive. We want to see you unleash your purpose and be more than spiritual bodybuilders. And we've got to start somewhere. So over the next three weeks, this week that I'm preaching, the next two weeks Pastor Tim's going to be preaching, we're looking for 40 to 60 of you who are not already serving, right? Like those of you who are already serving, you're like already filling out the card, you're ready to do something else. No, we're looking for 40 to 60 people who are not already serving to say, okay, I'm going to take that next step. 
I'm going to do my part to find my purpose and to help Pastor Ricky hit the ground running here because I believe that through the local church, we can see Lemoore and Kings County transformed by the love of Jesus. And I want to get on board with that. So here's what we want you to do. Over these next three weeks, we've got these physical or digital response cards. You probably noticed when you came in that there were cards covering all the seats. That wasn't so that, you know, I know some of you like save your seats and you're like, oh no, what do I do now? There's cards everywhere. But see, we want you to take one of these cards or you can go to the church center app that we've talked about and under Sunday services, there's an icon for response or you can hit the connection counter on your way out and there'll be somebody there to help you. But there are a list of these ministries and what we're looking for is 40 to 60 of you to just say, hey, I'm, I'm going to pick at least one of these. You can pick as many as you want, but at least one. And I'm going to have myself and a team of people to follow up with you and help reduce that to one and find the place where you can fulfill your purpose in Jesus. We're looking for 40 to 60 of you. If you don't know your ministry, you can check the box for, hey, I want to take that spiritual gift assessment night. Just know this, it's not an opt-out. Just get to go to the spiritual gift assessment night, go home, call it a day, right? No. If you go to the spiritual gift assessment night, you have to pick one of these ministries before you go home. So regardless, like, we want you guys to plug in. And, and hear my heart on this. This is not just for the sake of volunteers. This is not just for the sake of helping Ricky when he gets here. This is for the sake of you being secure in your identity in Jesus. For the sake of you taking your step in what Jesus has created you for. Of all the people in the world that Jesus could have made, he made you. Don't waste your purpose. Don't live out your life without ever asking, why did he pick me? Why did Jesus make me? Let us help you in finding your purpose and living that out. And, and before we close this out, Maybe you're here and you're just checking all of this out. Maybe you don't even have a relationship with Jesus yet. I, I just want you to know, first and foremost, that a relationship with Jesus is key number one because you can never be secure in your identity until you have that relationship with Jesus. Everything else in the world will try and pull you away from your relationship or from that identity in Jesus. It'll try to place your identity in your spouse, in your kids, in your job, in your friends, in anything that it can. And if those things are not crushed under the weight of you trying to place your identity in them, then you will be. But know that Jesus has already been crushed. Jesus already went through that for you. He already died on the cross in your place and rose from the grave three days later and launched this crazy thing that we're a part of today called the church. And so let's live out our purpose. Let's do the thing that Jesus died for us to do. Let's not just sit and watch it happen. He, he invited us to participate. And so let's do it, church. Stand with me as we pray. Jesus, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for loving us enough to allow us to participate in your kingdom work with you. God, we, we lay uh, not just all of our burdens and our stresses and our, our thoughts and our doubts and everything else at your feet today, but we lay ourselves at your feet. Jesus, how would you desire to use us? What is your purpose for each of us? If we're unsure, we have questions, we pray that the Holy Spirit would be present, answering those questions, bringing us into truth. 
Jesus, I pray that our hearts would be stirred this morning, that we would be drawn to you in a real way to say, Jesus, I don't just want to sit on the sides anymore. I want to fully love you with everything in my being. So I lay myself at your feet. I surrender myself to you. It's in your perfect name that I pray. Amen. Hey, church, tying into this message, I just kind of felt it on my heart that these words are words we can hold on to as a challenge to what Pastor Seth has just shared. These words, I want you to lift them up and let them go with you this week. So sing along with us. Come on. Lift these words up. So I'll stand with arms high, every voice. So I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned in all of the one who gave it all. I'll stand. My soul, Lord, to you surrendered all I am is yours. Sing, I stand, come on. Yes, I stand with voice with arms high and heart abandoned. Tell the Lord in awe of the one who gave it all. I'll stand. My soul, Lord, to you surrendered all I am is yours. Tell the Lord all I am is yours. Sing all. I can mean it. Tell him all I am. All. Amen. Have a blessed week, church. God bless.